not a terrible storm wreaking havoc with Alex's surfing. Welcome to episode 8 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the middle of April 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my 10-hour flight to Hawaii. Patty! Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Mutant Musings. We are on every single podcast app in the world. Hell yeah, Mutant Musings International. Bringing our fucks across borders. Mutant Musings sans frontiers, if you will. And we want to know what you think of us. Give us five out of five fucking stars. We appreciate you listening to us, and I promise this is the only thing we'll ever ask from you. We've been uniting the planet by talking about the X-Men for the past four and a half fucking years, and this is all we want. So leave us ratings and reviews on whatever podcast app you're using. I will also take money. And speaking of money, the buck stops here. The fuck buck, that is. It's my responsibility to tell you that this podcast contains bad language. We trade in cunnilingual currency. And the occasional innuendo. Forget the British pounds, we've got the penis pounds. To be fair, a penis pound could be a British pound. Need an exchange of dick dollars, coitus coins, and raunchy rubles? There's your explicit content warning. That was fun. Was it? Yeah. Aw, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being so positive. What have you been up to lately, Jonathan? I, what? I don't do anything. Oh, okay, me neither. I don't do anything except for watch X-Men Evolution. Yeah, same. (laughs) Hey, did, listeners out there, did you all know, if, if you've ever played Mega Man, that both Dr. Light and Dr. Wily have first names? Did you know that their first names are not Doctor? You know what? <laughs> you could find that out. How could anybody possibly know that? Well, if you don't skip the intro to all the video games how, and you pay attention to the story. How am I supposed to remember their first names? They never go by their first names. I know. Thomas and Albert are complicated They're names. so hard. <laughs> And then I would get them mixed up. I would call them, like, Albert Light and Thomas Light and, you know, whatever, (laughs) vice versa. I don't know which one's the right one. I just don't know which one's name is which. Well, Albert Albert sounds more sinister, to be honest. Does it? Well, Albert Einstein, he helped create the atomic bomb. Yeah, all his fault. killed a lot of people. Yeah. Einstein's fault. Yeah. No, but uh, compared to Thomas... I mean, I, Albert sounds more more evil. Well, I don't know. Thomas also stole a lot of his inventions, apparently. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. There's a whole big... Uh, oh, Thomas Edison. Yeah. Okay. There's right. like a whole big like Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla rivalry <laughs> online. Yeah, I think they made a movie about it. Did they? I don't know. I don't know. I had a friend who was really into it at some point, and he was like trying to explain it to me, and I was like, I really don't care about old white men who have been dead for... I don't know, hundreds of years or whatever. Oh, there's also Thomas Jefferson. Ugh. Yeah. Wow, yes. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just fucking completely wrong about Albert and Thomas. No, no, no. Because we were watching Drag Race before, and we got a commercial for something, and yeah. it was like, they keep track, they'll, they'll like do your investments and stuff for you. And Albert. So you would, yeah, it's called Albert, and you said, I don't trust anybody named Albert. Yeah. So, that's what that's what brought this on, Albert well, Wiley. I'm just saying, you <laughs> said you don't trust Albert, so I'd go with your gut instincts. <laughs> I'm glad we talked this all out. You're and we, we made sense of all this by communicating with each other. Yes. I'm glad. Yeah. So part of the joke in all of that today was that Patty gave me shit for skipping the intro of Mega Man 8 a few years ago when we were playing. Because the animation like, is so good. 
And she's like, how are you supposed to know the story? And I'm like, yep, because that's why people play Mega Man games. It's because of the story. Uh, no, I agree with you. The animation is amazing. It's the voice acting that I know. needs to stop. So how are you doing, Patty? Uh, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to be relevant anymore in uh, we're, two months. We're not here to predict the future. Are you going to have coronavirus then? What if I make a coronavirus joke now? People oh aren't God. going to remember what it was like. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nobody's gonna remember it was this period just of like history. A fad, you know, people will get over it. My sense. And then the next big thing's gonna come up, and everybody's <laughs> gonna be talking about that. The next big pandemic after next, coronavirus. Yeah, after coronavirus, we got, we got this fucking like biblical plague going on. Oh my god, Patty, let's not talk about it right We're now. We're all going to die. Is my <laughs> message. So if. If April still exists, <laughs> happy April. And on that note, let's talk about some <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so season two, we're still, we're, we're in season two. Disney plus is still ordering the episodes the way they want to order them. And me being a rebel is still putting them in the order that I want to put them in. Um, and so what makes sense to me, though, is... I think I said this last episode, that Wikipedia yes. has it by the air date, yes. allegedly. Uh, what sort of made sense to me, you'll notice in both of these episodes, in New York, it was snowing. It was like Christmas time. Yeah. But on Disney+, Plus, these are these two episodes are separated by a couple of other episodes. So, I don't know. In either case, like I said, I would, I would watch for something that seemed fucked up, but... For for me, for right now, these two episodes are, are fine together, even though they're they're pretty much standalone stories. So anyway, season two, episode six is called Adrift, and this is about Scott and Alex. Yay. What'd you think? Our dynamic duo. Yep. Our bosom buddies. Yeah, what? <laughs> they're brothers. Can you be brothers? Can you be bosom brothers? Connected, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Connected by the bosom upon birth. Yeah. Yeah, birth bosom brothers. <laughs> They both sucked at the same titty, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Patty, there are two titties. One can jump on each titty. There's enough. There's a, a, a standalone titty for each. <laughs> All right. So I thought this episode was okay, barring a few things that I thought were stupid, just because I live in New Jersey. And I see where you're going. It would. It would not be worth it if you saw that somebody in Hawaii was drowning. Whoa, Patty. Whoa. Whoa. Because Let's... by the time you get there, it's going to be at least half a day later. Patty, you sound like a politician right and now. It, I don't think anybody could... Did you calculate it? Is it 10 hours in their plane to get there? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Nobody uh, would be able to keep swimming in the water for 10 hours. But it's, it's, it's different. Okay. So, a normal, like, plane trip from New York to hawaii takes 10 hours according to google and i trust google if i've learned anything in my life it's trust google but i did look up how fast an sr-71 blackbird goes and its top speed is over 2,000 miles an hour and what about a regular plane uh i don't i don't know the top speed i just i i didn't google the top speed of a regular plane it's just it takes 10 hours for a regular flight from new york to hawaii I could calculate this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's about six thousand miles from New York to Hawaii. So okay. If, if so it's going best case scenario, three, three hours. hours. Yeah, three hours. What I thought was was very funny about this though was that right. So they're in New York. Yeah. They're, they're in New York and they're watching the news. Mm-hmm. 
Now, we're right next to New York. Never once in my life seen news about Hawaii. That's exactly my point. You got it. They don't talk about Hawaii. I'm sure bad things happen to people in Hawaii, and I'm very sorry for those people. Unlike Patty, I do care about those people, (laughs) and I do think it's worth it to try and save them, okay? But, yeah, there's no news about Hawaii unless, I don't think ever. Even when there's, like, storms and shit. If there's, like, a fucking volcano exploding, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, like, even as far as, like, California, the only time we get news about them is the big forest fires. Yeah. So it's very, like, localized or television programs. I think New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut are all get the same channels. Yeah, so, so I mean, we're yeah. considered the tri-state area here. But, yeah, so the point is, unless it's, like, a severely catastrophic yeah, you're event. you're not going to hear on the regular news that some kids are in the water stuck in Hawaii. Yeah, so... I don't. So I know we're being kind of nitpicky here. Uh, clearly, we notice the same exact things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but as as people who live like on the East Coast, it, it was just kind of funny to see that. Like, I don't know if people living in Nebraska who are a little closer to Hawaii, maybe they get more Hawaii news. If you're from Nebraska and you're listening, let us know. But, but yeah. So those were a couple of the the silly things in this episode. Um, there was maybe one or two other kind of glaring points that I was like, this is kind of dumb. I don't like this. And here's why. But otherwise I I liked it. It it was, it was okay. Like you said, it's okay. What I appreciated was, you know, the sort of, uh, the time that they gave to the two brothers, right? Because we got, we got the two of them reunited at the end of season one. Alex is not going to go to Xavier's. So how are we going to kind of keep this this plot point going, you know? Because it's kind of a big one. Scott is a main character on this show. He's got this long-lost brother. Are we really just going to shove him in there for a two-part season finale and then forget about him? No, let's show some time. Let's show some quality time between the two of them. That goes very, very wrong. And, you know, it's one of those things. It wasn't like a, a man-versus-man type of conflict here. It was a man-versus-nature. And, you know, with... With a team that has Storm on the team, you're probably not going to see this conflict come up too often. So this is an, <laughs> this is an interesting way, way to do it. You know, Alex wants to be a surfer, and, and Scott's visiting him, and Scott wants to help. So they set up this little camera on the surfboard, and Alex is surfing, and, you know, the storms are coming, and the weather people are like, oh, you should be out of the water. And Alex is like, no, bro, I'm a surfer. Yeah, I'm going to get the big break, the waves, the things the water yeah, i'm gonna said, get the big water he said something i didn't remember either <laughs> it was surfer some, terminology yeah, some term so you know alex gets pulled out in a fucking riptide um and so scott loses him and then scott steals a boat that was that was great yeah. um that was a heroic moment he steals a boat and he goes out and looking for alex and eventually alex gets to the boat but they manage to get in touch with uh yeah, they managed to get in touch with uh, Harbor Patrol, and Harbor Patrol is coming out to save them. They're they're out of gas, but then, of course, the Harbor Patrol is in a helicopter, and this is during a big storm, so lightning strikes the helicopter. Yeah. It's like, how many things can go wrong to these fucking brothers? But, okay, so this is the thing with the helicopter, because they put down... Helicopter dick? Yes. <laughs> they, they, like, drop down this, like, life vest, one of them. Yeah. Attached to a rope, and... I was like, oh no, there, there's, a, there's a plane and there's only one 
life vest. This is not a familiar situation at all. <laughs> I was like, okay, so Scott has to put it on, but hold on to Alex. But that's not what they did. They just he just gave it to Alex. Yeah. And then Scott was gonna go next. Yeah. But and and that's when the lightning hit the the back the fin the tail the fin, the tail fin the tail fin the tail fin of the helicopter. Yes. And then the <laughs> helicopter started falling in the water. Scott blasted it out of the way, so it didn't hit Alex. And then he kept yelling for Alex to take the vest off because the helicopter was now sinking into the water. Yeah, and, and the going rope. deeper and deeper, and the rope kept pulling him under. Yeah. And he was like, what? <laughs> he, was, he was not in good shape at that point. He had just crashed down. Uh, His second plane crash. <laughs> yeah, seriously. These poor fucking... These poor fucking brothers. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that was supposed to be, um, you know, sort of a a callback to the, the whole plane situation. But yeah, so Scott manages to go down and, and rescue Alex. But, you know, then they're, they're fucking drifting in the water. The Coast Guard manages to find the Harbor Patrol guys. But, you know, the boys are still out in the fucking water. There was an incredible moment, though, when there's this enormous wave... And it's going to crash down on the two of them. And Scott blasts it in half like fucking Moses. Scott Moses Summers it? parted the fucking sea. Wow, that's uh, Biblical. Sim- symbiology. Yep. Symbolic. It's a symbi- symbiote, like venom. <laughs> we still got to watch that movie. When the fucking... Uh... I heard that the, the villain in that movie says instead of like symbiote or symbiote, he says like symbiote. <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce I don't know. That's Listen, not how you pronounce it. I grew it's up, symbiotic. I grew up reading it, you know, not hearing it. It's not like, you know, we were talking about it in class and learning about symbiote. But yeah, it looks like symbiote or symbiote. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought so that was amazing. So the Coast Guard gave up. Yeah, Coast Guard they, said, they fuck said, them kids. They said that they looked, but they were just like, I don't see them anywhere after they, you know, crash landed their helicopter. Yeah. And the kids kind of ended up in the other direction. And then we see the Blackbird coming coming to town. Don't worry, they got there in less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, there was no real uh, indication of the passage of, of time. Because at the, uh, at the, at the Institute, uh, first, I think it started over like breakfast. Jean was watching TV and there was like the report of storms, excuse me, in Hawaii. And then later there was you know a cute scene of um, Iceman, Jubilee, Magma, and Berserker like having a snowball fight, but like it was like a mutant snowball fight, so they're all using their powers. And then Gene gets called inside, and Xavier and Storm are watching TV, and there's the report of like the two boys. So some passage of time happened between the report of the storms and the boys missing. They know it's Scott and Alex because they mentioned them, uh, Scott Summers and Alex Masters. On the news, so then that's when they... Which they never do. <laughs> Miners, yeah, yeah. full names. Uh, so then they took the Blackbird. We, I don't remember exactly at what point, but but it, it doesn't matter too much because this was a very, very fast trip. But yeah, so then the, the Blackbird comes when it seems like all hope is is lost. And so so this this was probably, you know, aside from us nitpicking about the, <laughs> the time of the plane trip and the news coverage... What kind of bothered me here, though, was Storm. Seemed kind of nerfed, to be honest. Very. Yeah. And I mean... there were two, like, cyclones or something that just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of the ocean, like, right next to where the kids were. Yeah. But but Storm, I feel like... So Storm was kind of 
blowing a hole in it and keeping it at bay, and she was struggling. And I feel like Storm should be able to just be like, you know, kind of push that thing just away. Yeah. Just just calm the area down. You know what I mean? I don't know. It seems Yeah, it's... like she was like 90s Jean Grey. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, she's talking about struggling like she couldn't hold on much longer. It just kind of sucks to see that that character nerfed, you know? Because, I mean, in the comics, she's, she's amazing. We had the fucking movie representation of her. Halle Berry was, you know, and the kind of the... the the shitty job they did in the first two movies and the third one was just a bad movie so even when they tried to give her a bigger role it was not good again i'm okay with them taking liberties but this isn't like teenage jean gray struggling to enhance her powers or build on her powers this is a full-grown adult storm not being able to keep you know a fucking cyclone of water at bay for more than a minute so that that was that was honestly kind of bothersome. But Jean manages to pull the two of them up out of the water, and 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 they're okay, and and it ends okay. Um, Alex goes goes home. Scott goes back to the institute, and it was cute. Jean Grey was feeding him in bed as he's recovering, uh, and and he's gonna be okay. So you know there were a lot of uh, touch, like really touching moments between Scott and Alex while they were you know kind of waiting for death to come, and and you had Alex kind of being a little bit of a downer. He he seemed to almost give up hope and Scott was trying to hang on to hope. And yeah, so so it was kind of nice. Again, this wasn't like super thrilling, like a battle with like a villain. Again, it was a man versus nature kind of thing, but it was touching because it was the two brothers. They've reconnected. They're going through this really fucking terrible event together and the X-Men come to the rescue. And uh, and so it ended up nice. But, but there's a weird fucking thing that occurred a couple of times throughout this episode. <laughs> So I, I feel like maybe, I don't know what the conversation was like with the artists and the people storyboarding and the writers, but so you've got Kurt with an image inducer and you would think that, you know, he can alter his appearance if he fucks around with the image inducer and that's exactly what happens. Maybe the artists wanted to play around with different styles. I, I feel like, you know, maybe the people working on the show had this conversation like, oh, hey, can we mess around with Kurt's appearance because the image inducer and so the artist probably had some fun. You know, drawing him big and muscular when he walks in Kitty's room when she's on the phone. Oh my god, with Lance, and he invites her on a date to the mall. Yeah, that and was she cute. was like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> I don't know, I'll call you back, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, but Kurt uses Image Inducer to make himself look big and muscular, and then he's like fucking around with it walking down the hall, and then he becomes like morbidly obese. Later in the kitchen when Jean's sitting there... He's talking to her and she turns her head and looks at him and like screams and like falls back in her chair and he's got an enormous head but like a regular body. Right, but so so he fucked up the image in- inducer. It's on the fritz, it's not working. So he gives it back to Xavier for Xavier to fix. So now at the end of the episode when Kurt wants to go say hi to Scott and see how he's doing, Xavier gives the image inducer back to Kurt and Scott and Jean look at Kurt. Uh we can't see him, the viewer. But Scott and Jean look at Kurt like he's nuts, and Scott's like, okay, ma'am. And Kurt goes to look in the mirror, and he is a a, a woman. He's got (laughs) boobs, and like a high cut, like a midriff, and like hips, and he looks like a lady. And so Xavier rolls in, and Kurt yells, professor, and Xavier goes, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. And the four of them have a laugh over it. I thought this was super fucking weird 
that Xavier played a prank on Kurt to make him look like a girl, and his line was, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist? I I didn't take it like that. I think you're taking it too far. I, I was really surprised, though, that Xavier had, you know, this capability in him to, like, pull a prank, to laugh, to make a funny. Like, especially on Kurt. I probably would have thought it was really funny when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I cannot remember thinking that this was fucked up at all the first time I watched it. Like, this isn't something that strikes me in my memory as I looked at No, it's just, I don't it's weird that it's Xavier. You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay, I get it. Somebody wanting to play a prank on, like, the goofy fuzzball. Yeah, maybe right? if it was Beast or something. I'm not making it out to be like... He's creeping on an underage boy and trying to make the boy look like a girl. It just doesn't... It makes me feel a little skeevy. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I don't find anything, like, uh, malicious in this. It just weirded me out. I don't know. Maybe if Spike did it to him, you know? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, what did you think of this episode overall? I thought it was okay. I'm not really, uh, well, you know, I'm not a Scott fan. I do like the super himboification of of Alex in this show. It's a surfer. Oh my god, he is such a himbo. I love it. Um, he's you know tan and he's got the long hair and he's cute. So I mean, honestly, this really reminded me of an episode of Rocket Power. I'm pretty sure this exact same thing happened. Rocket Power. Yeah. I think it came out in the early 2000s. I want to say, like, 2002, maybe? Rocket Power. Yeah, I've never heard of Rocket Power in my life. 1999. Four seasons. You, I'm sure you've seen this. Oh! That's what that is! Yeah! I have! In fact, I think when I was a teenager, I'd be, like, eating breakfast and flipping through channels and, like, <laughs> cartoons and shit, and I think I did see that. Yeah, I used to love that show. Uncle Tito, he was the man. <laughs> so wait a second. So this happened on Rocket Power? They I were think so. stranded out at sea? Yeah, like their dad kept telling them not to ride the waves in the storm. I think they were also in Hawaii. And they were like, Oh, come on man, but these are where all the good waves are. We're just gonna we're just gonna go out and have some have some fun and then they got caught in a riptide or something and had to be saved. Yeah. And their dad was gonna like beat the shit up. I don't know. Oh, you know where else? You know where else I think they use this premise? Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, I'm a millennial, I don't understand that reference. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it definitely seems like I'm sure there are plenty of other cartoons that use this premise too. I think that they just that X Men Evolution did it effectively because they use Scott and Alex. I feel like that was the, you know, the perfect duo yeah, to use. Yeah, it was use. like a slice of life kind of episode. It was cute. Yeah. So, when do you think Alex masters surfing? Did that scene with the image inducer make you want to induce vomiting? No need to part the sea, Moses Summers. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Oh, hello there, fellow geek. After a hard day's work on the Wolverine channel... I like to sit back and relax with some articles and podcasts on GeekAid.com. A hard day's work? You fornicate with nature, you walking flap of foreskin. For geeks with multiple interests, GeekAid.com has got you covered. There are sections for video games, comic books, anime, wrestling, and so much more. 
I once saw you stick your dick in an anthill. I have tried to wipe it from my memory, but it keeps coming back like a nasty case of the crabs. Plus, Geekade.com has YouTube and Twitch channels. Like that time you tried to stick a crab in your hairy Canadian asshole. That memory keeps coming back, too. Emma, why can't you just stick to the script? Because you're a grotesque little scab, and aside from loving Geekade.com, you and I have nothing in common. We both know what Scott and Jean's generals taste like. Ah, touche, darling. Perhaps you and I do have more in common than I thought. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Emma, can you finish up here? I've got to go butter up my butt for a shoot with this sexy little tree stump. Oh, for Christ's sake. Check out geekhay.com today, darlings. I need to write commercials. Yes. And get paid for it. Yes. That's what I think I should do. Apply for it. Yeah. Alright, so, the other episode we're talking about, Season 2, Episode 7, On Angel's Wings. Yay! Who's this one about? Wings. The mutant named Wings. Paul McCartney and Wings. Someone out there is going to get that, because someone out there knows about Paul McCartney, Post Beatles, like I do. He's one of the ones that's still alive. Hopefully he still is by the time this comes out. He's getting (laughs) up there. You want to know a fucked up but true story? So, Patty knows. Some of you may know, too. That when I was younger, I was obsessed with the Beatles. And and like I said, I was a fan of of Paul McCartney post-Beatles. Not when it was happening. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but, but I digress. So, in our area in New Jersey, at some convention center not too far from here, every year they would put on this Beatle Fest, which was like, you know, exactly what it sounds like, like a Beatles convention. It was huge. You'd have vendors all over the place, panels, bands playing, trivia, all kinds of shit. And, uh, you know, they would have special guests who were important in Beatles history. The Beatles themselves wouldn't actually show up, but people who were important in their history. So, a guitarist for the band Wings, who was in there for a couple of years, hit on my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little cool. Uh, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. This girl in, well, you know, also New Jersey, uh, this girl in my high school that I really hated, she told this story about how her mom dated one of the guys from the Misfits. What? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. They're from, yeah, they're Lodi. from Lodi. Yeah, and she's from Lodi. Perfect. So so there's there's some trivia. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this, this episode is about Angel. Uh, so we're still in Christmas time, and we're looking at Worthington Tower, and what I what I immediately love about this is, you know, you've got the doorman uh, outside the building opening the door for a lady. Lady walks in, uh, and she says, "Happy holidays to him." And I was like, "The war! The war on this Christmas! This is when we started the war. X Men Evolution began the war on Christmas. I could back not in the day. be prouder." <laughs> this is not the only instance of the war on Christmas. These are by the, the way, veterans. Yes. <laughs> Take care of our veterans. They were on the front lines. Holy shit. <laughs> My problem is that Warren isn't hot. Are you kidding me? Yes. All right, so listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot the answer. <laughs> uh so so my thing with his appearance was that his sideburns were a little too long. <laughs> no, his hair looked like a helmet. If they should have given him long hair. Ugh. Like the fucking almost mullet thing that he had in the 90s when he was blue? No, more like yes. what Alex has. Ugh. He was perfectly handsome. 
I just think his sideburns were no. an inch too long. And he's too chiseled here. He looks too, like, mask, and I'm not into that. He's Ugh. got, like, this, like, broad jawline and stuff, and he looks like a bro. I'm not into it. I think he looked fine. I liked him in his costume, too. He was cute in his costume. But so so here's how you know that we're we're really in a fantasy universe. It's because a rich guy would rather go out and, and help ordinary citizens than make money. That's how you know we're, we're science fiction. Right I was going to say you know that it's fake because he's not hot. But okay, that's a second point that works for me. Oh, also he has wings growing out of his back. No. Fair point. No. <laughs> I really liked this episode. I feel like there were very few things I had to complain about. Already, it sounds like you're you're not into it so much more than I am, just because of the way this man looks. <laughs> yeah, you're because... fucking picking on this animated eye candy. Seriously, in the cartoons. I mean, Angel <laughs> is kind of like my mutant crush, so I'm kind of upset that. Oh, that was he's... episode three of this series, Mutant Crush. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of upset that they kind of nerfed him. Nerfed him? Yeah, his looks. Oh. I, is that is that the proper use of that of that I word? Don't know. I'm a simp for Angel. <laughs> so anyway, no, this this was a great episode. Um, so so Angel's watching the news. They've got this live shot of this fucking burning building. He gets there. There's uh, a woman trapped inside. The daughter's on the ground with the firemen, and she's crying about her mom. And so Angel flies in the window, grabs the mom, flies out. You know, he should have grabbed her in the wheelchair because. Those are expensive. <laughs> but that's just nitpicking. <laughs> well, somebody had to say it, Patty. Somebody I'm glad I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it was you. No, I was thinking too, like, I wonder if this is like one of those No, I guess the elevator would have been out because uh the fire. But I always <laughs> wondered then, like, what happened? You're not you don't use an elevator in the fire. I you know. use the stairs. <laughs> but she's handicapped, she's in a wheelchair. How is she supposed to get down? I've always worried, wondered that. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know, and that's a scary thought. Fucking building codes probably don't account for handicapped Not in New people. York. Yeah. A lot of the buildings in New York are like, you know, old. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's a good thing that there was a fucking angel there, but he carried yeah. her out and he he put her on a bench. Uh, the woman calls to the daughter, and the daughter's like, you know, like what happened? And she's like, an angel. An angel saved me with wings. It was really cute. It was really cute. And and this was cool, too, because this was, you know, sort of touching on the Avenging Angel. Yeah. How he started in, in the comic books before he joined the X-Men. So that's that's really neat. And then we cut to Xavier's, and it's like it's like just before Christmas, and, like, all the kids are there. All the, the staff is there. They're opening presents. Kurt's got the mistletoe and is trying to get Kitty to give him a kiss. And, uh, you know, they run by Xavier and Logan. And Xavier goes, ah, to be young again. And Logan goes, yeah, glad that's over. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. I love that so much. Xavier asks Logan to stay for the holidays, but guess what Logan has to do? He's got yep. some unfinished business. Yeah, <laughs> he's always, always with this man, never finishing his business. <laughs> he's not a very good businessman. And we see him the next day. This is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. We see him again the next day. He's in a fucking bar playing pool with himself. Yeah. 
Well, so so that's that's the thing. I mean, I feel like that kind of speaks to his his loner nature. You know, I know it's lame, but he obviously just made an excuse that he had something to take care of when really he didn't want to be around people during the holidays. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyway, there were some cute moments in this episode between Rogue and Scott. Yeah. Is that going to make you upset because of your bay? Because of Gene Bay? <laughs> <laughs> Jean Bay. Jean, listen, Jean Bay was upset. Yeah, she, she was. She shot some looks. She shot some daggers. Well, in you this know episode. what? If she, if uh, if you like it, then you should put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> Is Scott the single ladies? Is Scott I, the the single ladies I mean, in the scenario? They both are. Come on, <laughs> they keep always giving each other the glare. <laughs> I like that though. It, it was. It was. It was cute because we've known since kind of early that Rogue sort of has a little bit of a crush on on Scott. And obviously, like we know that Scott and Jean are sort of like will they, won't they sort of sort of thing. Um, But this episode was cute with with Rogue and Scott. Uh, I thought anyway, you know, Rogue is really trying to come on to Scott. Got him a present, a sweater, which he's wearing the next day when everybody leaves. And that's the thing. Everybody's leaving for the holidays. Um, all Except the... for the two without any family. Exactly. exactly. Everybody else has family to go home to, but they don't. So they're staying at the Institute, and it's just the two of them and Xavier and Beast. And so, like, we see when Jean's in the fucking car about to roll away, Scott's wearing the new sweater that Roe got him. And she just keeps looking, like, angry and, like, worried before they drive off. So... And then the two of them get to go to the city together. They do, because, because there's... they hear the reports about the angel sightings. And Xavier's like, oh, we should check that out. And Rogue is like, please, please <laughs> let me get out of this fucking house. I want to go to New York City. And he was like, okay. Yeah. So the two of them have the cute little date in New York. They go to a cafe and get some tea. And then, you know, they, they try following around some clues about sightings of the angel and stuff like that. And, and Rogue's like, oh, let's have fun while we're here. I saw a, a cool record store over on Fifth Ave. Let's go there. And before they go to the record store, we see Magneto is going to cause some trouble. Spoilers, he's, he's still around. Uh, when Angel stopped a mugging in the park, you see, like, this guy with a hat, the shadowy figure hiding behind a tree. Like, who's that? But now, on the bridge, uh, Magneto starts causing uh, a pileup of, like, cars and shit. And one car is about to go over the side. Uh, and the reason why Magneto does this is to get fucking Angel to literally out himself in front of people. Because he knows Angel's going to go and try to save the people. So this car is about to go over the fucking bridge. Angel flies down, saves this little girl in the back seat, puts her down on the bridge. Then grabs the mom and dad, who are in the front seats of the cars, before the car goes over the bridge. Now everybody starts running up to Angel and is like, wow, real Angel, real Angel. Like, now we've got a whole bunch of witnesses live, right? So the stories on the news, like, it's not just bullshit now. There's so many witnesses here. But then Magneto does something with one of the, like, fucking... Um, coils? Yeah, the coils from the, the bridge. And it trips Warren. And Warren knocks the little girl off the fucking bridge. And she's falling. He flies down after her, and he barely catches her in time. But they both hit the water, and he's struggling because his wings are all wet. He's struggling to fly and get her back to safety. But he does. 
And then, obviously, nobody knows who Magneto is. He's not there in his fucking helmet and cape and shit. He's just there in, like, a hat and a fucking trench coat. And he, like, yells something about, did you see that? The angel knocked the girl off. And then you get all the idiots around, like, yeah, he's bad, bad, bad. And everybody starts yelling at him. And Magneto just walks away as everybody's fucking yelling at Warren. And so it turns out that the little girl needs to go to the fucking hospital because you figure it's the Hudson River. And it's- <laughs> <laughs> but not just because it's the Hudson River, but also because the water was probably frigid. We're talking about right before Christmas time. Yeah. Um, so Scott and Rogue are in the record store when they hear about this incident um, and they hear that like the little girl was taken to the hospital. So they go to investigate. And so Warren goes to the hospital himself and wants to see that the little girl is okay. And he flies into her room while she's in there by herself. But then a nurse walks in. So he's got to figure out how to disguise himself to get out of there. And this is what's, what's very funny. So he he takes like a, a fucking... Lab um, coat. Yeah, like a lab coat. Puts it on to hide his wings. And as he's walking away, Scott and Rogue turn and look at him. And a feather falls out from under the back. So Perfect like, timing. Perfect timing, yeah. And then Rogue stupidly yells, Look! She could have just stopped there. She could have just stopped at look, but she said, look, it's him, which indicates to Warren, oh, shit, I should run. Listen, okay, Rogue had not had her ninja quiet training Uh session yet, okay? She didn't know how to do quiet ninja things. She knew how to yell. Like when she yelled at uh, Blob, my power is your power, and I can take more than one. She knows how to yell. That's good. It's a good thing. Come in handy. But yeah. Yeah, no, that that was kind of silly. She she yells and like everybody's looking. And so Angel runs away. So he had overheard the receptionist at the hospital say that the girl's parents went to church to pray. And um, Scott and Rogue heard that same message. Yeah. So, so Angel, Angel goes to the church and obviously Magneto must have been watching him. But now Magneto is in his full fucking Magneto costume. Magneto costume <laughs> that he bought at Walmart. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> That they had one. And so so that's the thing. So he's he's given him the pitch. He's given him the pitch like people are gonna be scared of you, people are gonna turn on you and like all Nobody this. Nobody will ever love you. You save a few pathetic people and you saw how they turned on you. So do you wanna live in fear for the rest of your life? But so here's the thing, like, it's not it's not gonna work on him. Like the the sales pitch worked on Alex because Alex was a you know and I'm not trying to insult Himbo. the kid. I'm not even trying to insult him by saying that. He's, just, he's a dumb kid. He ju- his, his power is just manifested. So the pitch worked on him. And the only reason why why that story went anywhere is because Scott had just reconnected with his brother and wanted to go with him to make sure that he was going to be safe. You're talking about Warren, who's likely somewhere in his 20s. Those wings are not new for this guy. He's been likely helping people for a while and trying to be like incognito about it. So the pitch doesn't fucking work on him. And I, I honestly, I really appreciated that, that rather than listen to some fucking guy on his soapbox making, um, this pitch for his cause, Warren is just like, I just want to help people. Like, I don't care about what you're talking about. I'm set, bro. Listen, I have money and I have wings. Like, I'm going <laughs> to do whatever the fuck I want. And Magneto was like, look at you. You can fly. And as he was saying that, Magneto <laughs> was flying. And I'm like, yes, but you can fly and. <laughs> Storm can fly and. 
Jean can fly and... Okay, but not everybody can fly in bazooka. That is something <laughs> that is uniquely Warren. No, I mean, this is something that I thought was, you know, kind of an issue with his first appearance. Like, okay, initially maybe it worked in the 60s that yeah. his only power was having wings. Definitely. But then quickly... We have all of these other flying characters who can also do other things. You know, that's why I <laughs> really appreciated the Archangel story the first sure. time. Sure, sure, sure. Because um, they had to do something with him. Uh, and as he is now, uh, just regular Angel, you know, he's not fit to be on Magneto's team. He's not fit to be a superhero or a supervillain. He's just fit to do what he's been doing. And just help randomly in small acts that he can, really. I Yeah. What I also think helps his cause here in this episode particularly is we're right around Christmas time. And there's like a lot of symbolism here. Oh, the yeah. fir- the And no, not just for the religious symbolism, but the first thing that he does is he saves a woman from a burning building. And when she sits on that fucking bench, she's like, an angel saved me with wings. Like, it's about that sort of angelic symbolism, which sounds kind of silly because he goes by angel. But I, I think, I think. Yeah, and the symbol that was on his uh, uniform, back costume, the, whatever, it was a halo. Yeah, back back in the day, yeah, it, it was. So I think that it, it really worked the way that they were portraying it in this episode was because, like like you said, like he, he just has wings. He's not too useful, maybe, in a fight unless he's been trained to fight. All he can do is flap his wings and fly. Um, but people are, are like, you know, the daily they showed the fucking Daily Bugle headline, like, oh, an angel. People are talking about an angel on the news. You know, and it gives people, like, hope that someone out there is looking over them, like literally a guardian angel. And so I thought that worked very well for this story. Yeah, it's better to be like, you know, Spider-Man or whatever, like helping out like random people than, you know, being like, I don't know, Captain Marvel and going against like intergalactic threats, you know? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. It, it, it really it really works for this character, especially in this context. Yeah. So I thought that they put this episode together really fucking well to introduce Angel. Like, I, I loved how this ended up working out. Um, of course... You know, Magneto doesn't like that Angel is is rejecting the pitch, so he attacks Angel, and then, you know, Scott and Rogue come to the rescue. It was awesome. Fucking Scott just blasts Magneto right through a fucking stained glass window. Yeah, that was was good. It was so cool. And and when they're fighting, um, I think Scott knocked Magneto out of the air, and Rogue ran over and touched his face, and it was so cool because her eyes were fucking glowing. And when Magneto goes to retreat... Rogue flies after him. And either like these weird, like metal bendy sound effects when Magneto uses his power. And so Rogue's got them too. I really appreciated that. That was like how I was fawning over Rogue getting Avalanche's bendy note when she absorbed his power. It was the same fucking thing here. Yeah, I guess I don't notice these small things. But, you know, of course, Magneto's like obviously better trained with the use of his powers because they're his. So he almost uh, knocks Rogue right out of the fucking sky. Warren comes and, and saves her. So that was cute. And then Rogue and Scott give him the spiel about Xavier's. And he's like, well, how is that any different than what that other guy that just tried to kill me yeah. was selling? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you can just be who you want to be. And you can 
whatever. It's just a group of like-minded people. Blah blah blah. We're not trying to. We're not trying to do anything bad. You know, we're just about training and stuff. And he's like, meh. And yeah. he goes in the room to check on the girl, and then. uh Scott's like, oh, well, what do you think? And Rogue's like, I don't think he's sold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so that was nice. So, I mean, obviously, Angel has to understand that, like, these two people, Scott and Rogue, understand him. And they're not going to try to force him to come and go to Xavier's. Whereas Magneto was literally attacking him when when he said no. And you see that, that Angel is much more invested in small little acts of helping random people who need helping rather than a bigger picture. He doesn't really care about that. He just wants to help people in these small ways that he can. Yeah, and so, I definitely appreciate it. There has to be somebody who does that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there has to be not only somebody who does that, but somebody that's a mutant too, because, you know, that's the focus of the whole fucking show. We're talking about mutants. Not every single mutant we meet should end up at Bayville High School. <laughs> yeah. You know, and end up on the Brotherhood or end up on the X-Men. And here's a perfect example. And it was great, too, that he wasn't a teenager like the rest of them. Like I said, he's probably somewhere in his 20s. Yeah. He's got his he's got his name on a fucking building. He's rich. But yet he wants to go just, you know, help people who are in trouble. And so, again, I just... This, this episode was really well thought out, really well put together. It was a little silly that, you know... <laughs> Magneto was on the bridge, caused the problem, and then had tripped Angel and made him push the little girl off the bridge and was like, oh, look, he's the one who pushed her. It's a silly little fucking trope that you would see in a kid show, but but it, it still, it ultimately worked out, and, and I really enjoyed it. But if you thought we were done, we're not done, because we got to get back to more of that war on Christmas. <laughs> you see <laughs> you see Jean with her family going to pick out what kind of trees, Patty? Holiday trees. I love it. Holiday trees. Fuck yeah. That Fuck was yeah. so good. The Jeans family, they were looking at holiday trees. Oh, jeez. That was good. I fucking, I shed a tear for my forefathers. Yes. <laughs> yes, Jean and the whole Gray family supports our cause. They wouldn't be caught dead buying Christmas trees. No, to be honest with you, okay, war on Christmas, jokes aside. Listen, I hope, unless you've... You don't know us at all. You've never listened before. There is no actual war on Christmas. Okay? Okay? We, we, there is no war on Christmas. But I wonder, like, like, was there really a discussion about this back then? This this was, you know, this this must have been 2001. Yeah, we're in, we're in 2001 in this show. You know, not to not to put that out there. Were they trying to be sensitive to, like, diverse viewers? Because they showed Kitty lighting the menorah but i just i wonder if even back in 2001 there were discussions like this you know about people claiming that there was a war on christmas exactly that's what i'm getting at uh i don't know i feel like i don't know it was kind of invented like maybe like a decade ago by fox news because they were out of material to talk about I don't know. I don't know if we had discussions like that back then. I feel like maybe we did. Not with, like, the specific term, war on Christmas, maybe. I don't know. You know, those fucking snowflakes are always complaining about one thing or another. <laughs> yeah. By snowflakes, I mean the people on Fox News. It, it's just, it's it's kind of funny. Um, Again, I'm fine with them saying happy holidays. I'm fine with them saying fucking holiday trees. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. There's no war on Christmas. I just think it's interesting that that in 2001 that that was likely a discussion that went in went into the decisions for this episode. 
I don't know what went into those decisions, but it's definitely interesting. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode nine in two weeks when we discuss African Storm, Joyride, and Mindbender. And until then, holiday trees are ripe.